0: Your away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Boardman's starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a meter on Ben and O'Connor's hand. But the signature of all eyes is the great battle Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. He's coming back! Oh, he surely can't do it to him again. Shepherd's in the white hats, not in the black hats. And not for sports! I cannot believe he's done that. Horton, fun, Horton Hall, Horton uses. Australia win! Hey, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Off the Block Swing Podcast, a show where we will preview the upcoming Tokyo Olympics and give you the information you need to know when action kicks off in the pool in just a matter of days. And to help me go through all the events and give his expert opinion is former short course world record holder and world champion, now successful coach and commentator, Mr. Bobby Hurley. Bobby, how are you going, mate?
1: Very good, Robbie. Thanks for having me on and uh, really looking forward to doing this Olympic preview with you.
0: Absolutely, mate. And, you know, how funny it is. We, we actually had a chat about a week ago and just chucking around ideas and we actually end up talking for nearly an hour just about the ideas and going through some stuff. So, uh, I know we're both very excited to go through this. So, I want to get started now. We've got a lot to go through. So, what I thought we might do is split these chats up into women's events and men's events. Uh, it'll give us a little bit more time to go through the upcoming action. Uh, and let's be honest, there's a lot coming our way in the next few days once uh, action kicks off in Tokyo. Before we get into that, mate, I just wanted to get your thoughts on a few topics uh, that have been floating around pool deck lately, and I figured what we'd call it is like it, don't like it. Yes, I may have stolen that from, you know, a couple of radio shows, but, hey, sue me. Uh, and you give me your opinion on, on these, like it, don't like yep. it, and then, yeah, let us know why you like it or don't like it. So the first one, mate, is Aussies pulling out of events. So as we know, Emma McKee and Kyle Chalmers won't be racing the 200 freestyle in Tokyo given they're already big programs. I read somewhere as well that, you know, we've got some Aussies being added into events that might not have qualified at trials. Like it? Don't like it?
1: Yeah, like it. Like it on both fronts. I think with Kyle, um, you know, he swam the event two years ago at Worlds, the 200 free, and he didn't even make the final. He's obviously got huge potential in that event, but what it does also state is that he's going for gold in the 100 freestyle. He's not trying to get silver or bronze. He's not trying to just make the final. By pulling out of that, he's going to be a weapon on the 4x1 free relay for Australia on the second day, and it means he's gunning for Kayla Dressel in the, in the individual 100. With Emma, it's a little bit more of a surprise because she did win Olympic bronze five years ago, and, and that's primarily been her main event, but we've seen her this year and last year just really step up in the 1500 free and and beat Kate at, uh, at Sydney Open and the Olympic trials recently, and she goes in ranked number one in those two sprint freestyle events which are at the end of the week as well so two years ago in in Guangzhou she got sick midweek and had to pull out of a few events so that probably plays a part And, and I think with Emma individually obviously on relay she's so important she's got so many relay medals a lot of them gold but individually she hasn't won a gold at a world or an Olympic level and I think that's her her primary target
0: Hey, what about Aussies going in as favourites? Now, we've read all over you know, the news in the past few days there's some big medal predictions from these games. I've also heard some of the Americans on a few podcasts saying that they're rating our chances. Go, well, what we you know, take from that, we will. But you know, they're rating our chances going in, given our trials form. And obviously, you know, we're racing in similar time zones to, to Australia. Like it, don't like it, around the hype.
1: I like it because it's warranted. Like we did deservedly have a fast trials and everybody going in ranked well deserves to be on the team. They deserve to be talked about and they deserve to be one of the favourites. What I don't like is that at the previous last couple of Olympiads, we haven't been able to back that, back that up when it matters. So there's a lot of things, I think going into Australia's favour, um, going into this Olympics being, we had a fast trials five weeks out from the Olympic Games just, just last month. We've never done that before at the Olympic level. It's worked at Commonwealth. It's worked at world championships. Obviously we normally have our trials back in April and then a lot of things can happen and people can swim slower or most people sort of swam slower. So we've got that up our sleeve. Also um, it's an easy travel to Tokyo. You know, we're come- it's an eight hour direct flight. It's a one hour time change. So we've got that up our sleeve where we're not traveling from Europe or traveling from America. So You know, the other thing being there's going to be no spectators there. So some of our Australian favourites have have faltered under pressure of of the crowd or the competition and and the atmosphere there. And I assume there's essentially going to be close to no atmosphere on pool deck. It's all going to be with the competitors. It's going to be a lot of match-up racing and and man-to-man and woman-to-woman type racing, which we're used to because we do have a high level of domestic racing here. We're not used to the big crowds and the flashy lights. So, Mm. you know... Time will tell, I guess, but everything that all the attention the Aussies are getting is deserved right now.
0: Absolutely, mate. And the final one is Michael Andrew not getting vaccinated. For anyone who doesn't know, the US star swimmer Michael Andrew opted to not get vaccinated by heading to before heading to Tokyo, citing you know a number of reasons. One of which was not wanting to put anything foreign into his body this close to games without knowing sort of what it would do to his body. Michael Andrew saying no to the jab, mate. Like it? Don't like it?
1: I don't like it. Um, firstly, I'm I'm neutral to to the actual vaccination. Everybody can choose whatever they want to do. But what I don't like about this is that if he tests, if he catches it and tests positive, or a close contact catch, uh test positive, his coach, his roommate, anybody else, he's going to be out of the Olympics. You know, he's going to have to quarantine, and he's a gold medal favorite in the 200 IM. So I don't like it purely the fact that. It can affect his performance. It can affect his, his outcome of, of how many medals or how many swims he gets at the Olympic Games. So in that is a, is a huge risk. I don't know what the percentage of athletes getting vaccinated before they go there or, or the US team. I don't sort of know what that, that statistic is, but he did get COVID last year, so I don't know if that makes him slightly more immune or if, if that plays a part. But, you know, if he gets it on the first day of competition, his Olympic Games are over.
0: Yeah. I think the whole game's made us sort of on a knife's edge in terms of that, isn't it? Anything can happen. And I guess that's what sort of makes it exciting this time around. We just don't know. On a day-to-day basis, we could wake up one morning and three or four athletes have tested positive and they're out and, you know, all of a sudden the gates are open to all the competition. So who knows what could happen?
1: I'm glad the swimming's on week one because who knows what's going to happen by week
0: two. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, mate, we will continue that over to the men's preview show as well with some more, you know, like it, don't like it. But for now, let's kick off uh, the women's events. So we'll go uh, day by day order. Um, We'll have a quick discussion around the event and the big players we think will be stamping their mark on the event. At the end of it, Uh, Bobby and I will give gold silver bronze predictions and maybe even an outside smoky just to keep an eye on Um, play along at home if you'd like I think it's always uh, more exciting to play along at home obviously it adds to the theater of watching the racing as well in the pool knowing that, uh, you know, you've got some predictions on the line as well. As we all know, there's nothing better than being right. So it's always good to get some predictions in there. Mate, we'll get started. Um, And obviously the first finals um, will be 11 a.m. here, our time on Sunday, the 25th. We kick off with the uh, women's 400-meter freestyle. Obviously, Katinka um, Hosu. I am. I'm uh, oh, sorry, I am. Yes, go, mate, look at you go. Yep, professional. Uh, Katinka Hotsu, uh, hot favourite. She's pulled out of the 100 backstroke as well. So, you know, she's, you know, she's ready to go.
1: Yeah. If, if this was held last year, you would have thought Hotsu's a lay down there in this event, but, you know, she has seemed vulnerable in the last couple of years. Obviously there was, there was a coaching change a couple of years ago and, and she was sort of on the decline at 2019 Worlds and she still won both IM events there. Um, but she hasn't been posting as fast times in the last probably 18 months like, like we're normally seeing from, from her. But in saying that, she's the world record holder, defending Olympic champ, probably hasn't been beaten this, in this event in a, in a head-to-head race in many, many years. She's definitely going to be the favourite going in. Um, but she could get pushed. There's, there's the Japanese girl, Ahashi, you know, on home ground. And those as Americans are, are not too far away as well. So, you know, I expect Katinka to lead and and be leading for at least three hundred and seventy five meters. But whether somebody can can sit with her and and go with her and finish it off is is uh is another question.
0: Absolutely, mate. You mentioned the Americans there. I think just having a look at you know recent form um, that those two girls coming through. Uh, Emma Way- uh, Wayatt, um Hallie Flick- Flickering, Flickerhan, Flickera. Flick- Flickener. There you go. mate. Look, this is why you're a professional. Um, <laughs> those two girls are obviously coming in, you know, with some of the faster um, times this year. Also, uh, Amy Wilmot from Great Britain, who's obviously been on the podcast and a, a good friend of the show. She's coming in with a, a 435 as well. What are your predictions here? What are you thinking?
1: The, the weird thing is it's not. It's not fast right now, you know. I say that with respect, but yeah. you know, Katinka's been four twenty-six, and she's been well under four thirty. And I think Kaylee McEwen, who's not even racing the event, is world number one right now at four thirty-two. So mm-hmm. the Americans have been thirty-three. Katinka's been thirty-four this year, but you know, I, I would expect four thirty-two to make a, to get on the podium, and someone's going to have to go around four thirty to win it. So. You know, the Americans like the Aussies, you wouldn't expect them to be dropping two, three, four seconds in the space of a month because they were fully rested at the trials. So who's capable of going 4.30? It's it's Katinka and, and Ahashi, mm-hmm. and then it'll be a battle for, for the bronze there as well.
0: Absolutely. Mate, we'll move on to the 4 by one freestyle relay. This one's going to be pretty exciting, no doubt. Um, obviously, the Aussies, I think, at trials, didn't we have four girls under 53? Yeah. Yeah, um, we had
1: four under 53 and, you know, 53-5 won the American-US trials in the yeah. 100 freestyle. So I think we had six go quicker than their number one. Yeah. Um, and they're without Simone Manuel, who missed the final in that race, you know, and she's, she's Olympic champ and defending two-time world champ. So, you know, everything points to Australia. I think they, they, they bolt in, break the world record, start off with a gold medal on night number one. You know, Kate and Emma will, will lead that team through. Um, they've won the last two Olympics in this event as well. You know, Kate's been a part of that. Um, and, and Bronte as well been, and Emma were on that team five years ago. So, you know, they're used to, to getting this one done and, and, um, you know, I don't see anybody coming close to them.
0: And I I think also mate, just to touch on your point there, the depth in that relay team is massive. You've got Bronte coming in who obviously didn't qualify, you know, in an individual event. But, you know, the experience that she, she's bringing into that team, Maddie Wilson, if she, you know, if she's on the team as well, depending on how it gets made up. Even with the heats swims, you know, I think the depth in, t- in terms of um, experience is going to be massive.
1: Yeah, that's it. We, you know, they'll definitely rest Kate and Emma in the Heats. Uh, so that Heat team will be, you know, Maddie Wilson and Meg Harris for third and fourth and then it'll be Bronte, and who was sixth in that one? Did Molly O'Callaghan um,
0: get in there?
1: It might be Molly, or she might have got in on the on the 200 freestyle, but, you know, it'll be super competitive to get those remaining two spots for the final because because Bronte was fifth at the trials and she's been on this relay for the last probably seven or eight years, so mm. she's going to have to swim quick on that heats heat leg to try and knock off probably Maddie Wilson or Meg Harris, or two of those three are going to um. Are going to be in that final swim. And and that's definitely one that you want to be a part of.
0: Absolutely. Now, I just hope, obviously, all goes to plan. One thing I hope we don't have now, I was going to put this out there. 2012, (laughs) we went in going, How good are the boys? Everyone's got a nickname. This is just going to be gangbusters. All right. Yeah, yep. let's just let the girls do their job. I think their uh, uh, talent will we'll look after itself or we'll do the talking. And hopefully we, we just let them go out there and, and do the job, not hype it up too much. Um, I agree yep. with you. I think they're going to come in first, mate. Just looking at, obviously, the girls and the teams around that. Obviously, you've got Sweden with Sarah Sjostrom. Michelle Coleman's in there as well. That's going to be a decent team. I think Canada have a pretty good team as well. Uh, Taylor Rock, Penny Alexiak. Penny Alexiak, I'll say this, and we'll get to it when we get to the 100 freestyle. When I spoke to her on the podcast, there was definitely uh, a little twinkle in the eye about this this Games and and letting everybody know that it wasn't a fluke, it was, that gold medal wasn't a fluke in 2016.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a few other good teams. Obviously, Canada and Sweden probably heard a little bit more on their fourth leg, so... So with that, you'd expect the the depth of the Americans to to be able to come second. Um, but with Alexia and, and Taylor Ruck, not too sure how how Ruck's been going the last um, couple of months. But she has got she has been fifty two point before. So they're probably the other two countries on the podium. And you know what we see from from Penny probably leading off that relay, I would assume, will give us a good indication of of how she's going to go later in the meet. Um, obviously, in that hundred free against Kate and
0: Emma. Mm. Just another one to chuck out there, mate. The Netherlands.
1: Yeah, Renome. I think they they've been on the on the podium. They're, they're definitely aging that, that that Dutch team. I think they won in two thousand eight, and and uh, and uh, Renomi and, and Femke and those girls were were part of that team as well. But um, you know they'll they'll be thereabouts. They're they're always swimming well above their punching above their weight. The Netherlands.
0: All right. Well, obviously we we all know that uh, our. our you know, backing here is gold for Australia and the four by one. And I think uh, any smart mark would be on board with us there as well. We'll go to uh Monday, mate. And um we've got a fair few events here. We're gonna kick off with the women's hundred fly.
1: Yeah, so the biggest news you know, this year's probably been probably been Sarah Sostrom breaking her elbow. I think that was in March. She slipped on ice and and broke her elbow and had to get an an operation and obviously spend a lot of time rehabbing that and and time out of the water and and just recovering. So, you know, she comes in as world record holder in three events, 100 fly, 50 free, and and 100 free, and obviously, you know, world and Olympic champion. So I'm not sure if she's even going to swim this event. I sort of feel like she might save herself up for a 50 free at the end of the week and do some relays for Sweden. Um, But in saying that, even if she was fully fit, you know, there's a host of girls going 55 now. Um, yep. Maggie McNeil from Canada beat her two years ago at Worlds, 55-8. And then we've got this um, this sort of 18-year-old American girls busted out of 55-6, Tori Husk. Tori Husk.
0: Um,
1: there's the Chinese girl, Zhang, who's been 55 the last few years. And, and obviously Emma McKeon's PB'd in this event this year as well. So yep. there's probably four or five girls that can go 55 high. And it's going to, and that world record sits at 55 four eight. So it's probably gonna take a world record to win and mm-hmm. it's gonna take a fifty-five to be on the podium. And it's just who can get it right on on the day. And and the person with the runs on the board besides Sarah is is Maggie McNeil, who won the world title two years ago.
0: And I, also just coming off trials, looking at what Emma did in that phenomenal race and, and seeing if she can improve there. I think She's currently ranked in terms of this year's performances second. If you look, Tori Husk obviously went 55-6 at her trials. So um, she's she's looking at the moment. But as you said, it's, it's all based off who can come off trials and either at least consolidate that race or even improve.
1: Yeah, Emma's always on the podium in this event. I think she, she, was, she was in lane five in the Olympic final in Rio and, and missed the podium, but, you know, she's... She's made the last two world championship podiums, but, but again, she she hasn't been able to get her hand on the wall first and win. And in saying that, you know, Sarah Sostrand's a, a pretty intimidating competitor to be lining up against. So mm. you take that out and you've got a couple of more um, newcomers with the American girl and the Chinese girl who are going to be competing there. So um, I think on the Australian front, again, when we're talking about them having a fast trials, if any of these people who are ranked top five in the world can improve from their trials time, they're going to be on the podium potentially winning. You know, that goes with Elijah Winnington and Titmus and McEwen and McKeon and, Mm -hmm. you know, Stubbly Cook, all those guys. But if they fall back, like if Emma was to go 56-2 or 56-3, she probably finds herself fifth again, you know? So she's got to improve from that 55-9 if she wants to be a chance of winning.
0: Well, there's no doubt. I think you can throw a blanket over him at the end. Maybe a you know top four or five there. Give us your your top three. Come on.
1: I'm going to go, Maggie McNeil, um, to win. Yeah. Um, she's got great turns, a great back end. Um, you know, since two, since Worlds two years ago, she's she's PB'd and, and broke the American record in short course yards. So she's she's been a major hit um, in the short course version. So I'm going to go McNeil the win ahead of McKeon and, and Tori Husk from the U.S.
0: Mate, for what it's worth, I think Emma's going to get it there. I think uh, Tori Husk will get second, just, and uh, I think Megan McNeil will get third. But as you said, it's basically the same three. We're just mishmatching them around. Now, this next race is quite possibly one of the bigger races of the meet. Um, it's been built since, obviously, that World Champs where you were there. When uh, Ariane knocked off Katie Ledecky, we obviously know Katie wasn't well that week, but still gold medal in the 400 freestyle. Um, she's coming in on a red hot trials, red hot trials, um, Ariane. What are we thinking here in the women's 400 freestyle?
1: Oof, it's going to be so good. It's <laughs> going to be so good to watch. I, I remember two years ago, there was there was a lot of hype just in that last week coming in that, that, that Ariane might be able to push Ledecky, but, you know, people in Australia probably didn't really believe it. And it. You know, myself being included, I thought she'd get close, and then coming down that last fifty at at Guangzhou, and she just went straight past her. And and to me, it looked like Ledecky threw in the towel a little bit, and and that was the most shocking thing of of that competition. Obviously, it came out that that she wasn't 100% fit and and well and, and whatnot. But you know, all we can look at is the times and the results. So, you know, for, for Ariane to go 3:56 at our trials is just incredible so you know she's been improving every single time I think the biggest asset she's got is that she's got a coach like Dean Boxall in her corner who's just going to take all the pressure off her all the attention of her pump her up to the max she's going to be you know she's going to be jumping out of her skin by the time she gets behind the blocks and she should be full of confidence as well And, and why wouldn't you when you almost broke two world records you know five weeks before the Olympic Games so you know, as a team, I think they've earmarked. They've been building towards beating Ledecky at the Olympics for probably the last four years. Um, yeah. It's been a, a pretty, a pretty mapped out plan from from Dean and, and everybody else that that works around that sort of team. So it would be amazing if it came off, and and I want to believe it to happen. But <laughs> in my experience, you just can't write off the these these champions. Like yeah. Ledecky is the absolute goat of of distance swimming she's you know she's going into a third olympic she's the michael phelps of of what we've seen the ian thought that the anybody who's anybody and you know how do you write her off how do you say that she won't step up and and perform um and put some pressure on 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 and the other way around now look who's the underdog now compared to two years ago and the 401 that ledecky went at u.s trials that was that was weird, you know, like she went 359 in season. Two days earlier, Titmus goes 356. I think I think they're playing games a little bit. She went out yeah. fast, and whether she died or she 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 eased off or she wasn't tapered. I think she came home in like 32 seconds on the last 50. So I don't know if they're playing games, but I think it's it's I'm tipping Ariane to win, but I think it's going to be extremely close.
0: Mm-hmm. Mate, to your point, um, just chatting to Grant Hackett a few times and and the the one swimmer in the world that always he loves to watch is Katie Ledecky um, and just the way she goes about her business. Um, I'm with you. To be honest, to be honest I, I, I haven't really enjoyed watching her
1: swims at a world level in over a 400, 800, 1500 because – it's too easy. She just wins, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And, and I'm, I'm someone who likes to see a race. I like to see a competition, mm. you know, even Phelps, those last five years, he had people racing him. He had, yeah. he was under pressure. Like Ledecky's just walked up and steamrolled everybody for the last seven or eight years in pretty much every event. So this excites me that this is the first time she's under pressure now. This is the yeah. first time she's coming in as an underdog and how she performs at this Olympics will will determine how
0: how great her legacy is. Absolutely, well said. For what it's worth, in my mind, if I was commentating, and you always like to you know just sort of visualize what you think's going to happen, I've got Katie Ledecky just ahead with fifty to go, and Ariane just just touching <coughs> her out on that last fifty, just to make it a bit more of a spectacle. Uh, I think Katie's going to want to take it out. She's watching obviously Ariane and and the work she's doing and how tough she is. I think she's going to want to be a bit quicker and I think Ariane will just get her in that last 25 metres. I can't wait to watch it. I'm actually glad I'm not commentating it because I actually don't think it would be very professional. I think it would just end up being me like (laughs) the European soccer games, just like, yes!
1: Yeah, that's it. (laughs) You know, it's going to be emotional, especially this turns out to be one of the first or, or the first individual gold medal for the Australian team but but I'm with you Ledecky's got one way to swim in it and it's pretty much to go out max and see you see if Ariane can go with her and you know who's got more petrol in the tank on the last 50 but but if 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 Ledecky lets let Ariane take it out then then I don't see her beating her on, on that last 50 or 100 meters so we sort of know what what Ledecky going to do. And, and I'm sure Dean and, and Ariane have got a plan to uh, to combat that.
0: Absol- oh, mate, you know, Dean's got a plan. He's a man <laughs> of plans. When, when we had the chat with Ariane, there was definitely, you know, certain areas we weren't allowed to go to because there was definitely, there's plans in there in place. Don't worry about that. Uh, we move on to Tuesday, mate, and the finals here. And we're, the first one we're going to come up with is the 100-meter backstroke. Uh, obviously, you got Kayla McEwen, Regan Smith, Kylie Massey, uh, Taylor Rock, C-Bomb, mate, it's a who's who. It's going to be a pretty big race.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's something like there's, there's four ex, or current and ex-world record holders in that women's 100 backstreak in that race, which is you just don't see that happen so much because no one's established dominance in that race, you know, probably since Rio. You know, Katika Hoshu won this race in Rio, mm-hmm. surprisingly, and she hasn't even featured on a podium
0: Yep. since so and she's pulled out if, of this one
1: yeah she's she's pulled out she's sort of you know her backstroke's sort of gone down the last couple of years if anything Kylie Mass is she's won the last two worlds and I think she beat Bomb and everybody else at Commonwealth Games as well so she seems to be the racer and the one who and she has held the world record before and, and she's the one that that um can step up under pressure and get it done In saying that, she was going 58 lows to do that. You know, now we've got Kaylee going 57, Kaylee McEwen going 57.4. Like now you're dipping into 57 low territory. Um, Well, that's just another another massive step up. Um, Regan Smith from the US, she was phenomenal two years ago in the 100 and 200 backstroke, smashing the world records and then has sort of plateaued or even declined since then. Um, she didn't qualify for the 200 backstroke so she'll be looking at this pretty much as her only gold medal opportunity Um, obviously Kaylee broke her world record there too so there's there's probably a little bit of angst when somebody (laughs) breaks their breaks your world record Um, so it's it's going to be close it's going to take 57 to to make the podium and um, I think Kaylee can can get it done and win a gold medal for Australia.
0: Absolutely. I'm with you. And shout out to Emma, uh, Emily Seba. I'm sorry, as well on her fourth Olympic Games. Uh, that's a massive achievement, her and Kate Campbell as well. So that, that's, that's, that's a lot of uh, dedication to a sport, isn't it?
1: Yeah, crazy longevity from from Kate and, and, and Em, because my first teams were, were their first teams in sort of 07, 08, 09. And I'm like, three years retired with a couple of kids and they're still <laughs> swimming. Like, I got to know how it, how it works. So um, it, it, even with Seabon, she's, she's moved with Michael Bowl and she's had a bit of a second lease of life and, and swam really quick in Adelaide too, 58.5 or 58.4, yeah. something like that. I mean, it, it just doesn't look that impressive when the girl next year is going 57.4. Breaking
0: her world record.
1: But, yeah, but she's, you know, again, she's got nothing to lose now and you wouldn't discount seabom from from getting a hand on the wall for third and and getting a bronze medal too which would sort of cap a really good career for her
0: and absolutely mate we move on to the 100 breaststroke um obviously here we've got the americans are are high on the list here and obviously um lily king for me it looks like lily king and the rest of the field what about you
1: yeah that's what that's definitely what it seems like on paper um you know again she's just one of these ultimate races lily king um very rarely gets gets beaten especially over the 100 meter breaststroke event and you know she's world record holder and won the last olympics and the last two world championships so how do you (laughs) how do you back against her but um you know she was one hundred four seven at at the u.s trials which isn't ridiculously fast it's you know she's the only one dipping into the 104s um fmova hasn't been that quick in a couple years and but there are more girls going 105 now. Um, you know, there's there's a, there's a probably seven or eight girls that can go 105 um, and down to 105 lows. Mm. And this new girl, Lydia Jacobi from the US, I, I watched that race at US trials. I think she's only 16 or 17. Yes, she's only young. And, and she's got a crazy back end. And she actually swam Lily King down in that last 25 metres and got second and went 105, two. But with these, especially these American teenagers, you just don't know how quick they're going to be able to improve. So she's definitely capable of, of you know, being on the podium and, and pushing it, but it's going to take a 104 mid to
0: win it, and Lily
1: King's the only one capable of doing that.
0: Mate, absolutely. And just to your point about the 105s, Chelsea Hodges 105.9 uh, at trials. Um, it's good to see the Aussie girls getting back under and getting faster again.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's it's more important for our relay for our for our medley relay that we've got, you know, Chelsea's now ranked top ten in the world. And, you know, now you're looking at that gap between the American and Australian breaststroker as, you know, 1.2 or, or hopefully even less. Whereas previously that's blown out to about two seconds, which has made our medley relay really hurt up against the Americans. So if Chelsea can keep improving, and and the good thing about the way she races is she goes out fast. She's going to yeah. be at 30 points. So she's going to be out with the leaders, and then we see how much she can hold on. But it, it, she's given herself a chance to go sort of 105 mid or to have a really good relay swim because she's got that pure speed.
0: Absolutely. For anyone who's listening, by the way, and realises that I did say we'd give one, two, three predictions and a smoky, obviously time restrictions. We don't want to be sitting here for three <laughs> hours. So what we'll do is we're obviously giving a bit of a tip along the way, and then we'll, we'll get something out on, on social media after these chats so we, we can actually put pen to paper and get our predictions uh, in mm-hmm. writing. Mate, we move on to, I think it's going to be Wednesday, um, and we're kicking off here with the Women's 200 Freestyle Uh, Again, you know, anything that Ariane and Katie Ledecky are going to be in is going to be a massive race through this event, through this meet. Uh, You know, Pellegrini, Alison Schmidt, what do you think of this one?
1: Yeah, well, you know, Ariane, again, her 153.0 in Adelaide is incredible. Like Mm. no one goes 153s in the world this year, let alone 153.0 and and be within 0.1 of... Of the world the super suited world record so that was just an amazing swim she she had emma mckeon go out fast beside her so she did get dragged along a little bit more um and then had a monster third lap so you know again this is even more so than than the 400 i'd say Ariane's a better chance at winning the 200 freestyle just because ladecky goes the other way towards the 800 and 1500 freestyle um, so she's got a little. Uh, Ariane's got more speed and is better at the shorter one comparatively. And, um, you know, without Emma, um, who was third in Rio, Emma's withdrawn. Sarah Sostrom was second in Rio, Sarah's withdrawn. Mm. Um, you know, and the, and the other contenders, sort of Pellegrini and Alison Schmidt and, and Penny Alexiak, they, they're just not going to go out as fast as, as Ariane is. So, you know, she should be leading at the 100 and, and probably never be headed uh get headed sorry um the weird thing again with with Ledecky's trials performances she was one fifty four four in season at Mission Viejo in, in an outdoor pool like that's absolutely flying in season in April which wasn't that long ago and then went U.S. trials and went 155 so you know whether she was totally unrested at U.S. trials um whether she had a bad meet whether something's gone wrong there but but If you take her US trials results away and you looked at what she did in April in season, it's quite impressive. So, you know, she she is the defending Olympic champ. Let's put that out there at at (laughs) 153.6. Yeah. But that's 0.6 slower than what Ariane just went. So so again, with with the Aussies, if if Ariane can reproduce that performance, she'll she'll win by a half a body length. If she if something's gone off or if you know, if she's had a bad week or a bad Taper or whatnot, and she drops back to that 153 highs, 154. Then it's anybody's game. Mm. And um, the one that I really like is, is Siobhan Jorge from Hong Kong. Um, she's done a bit of training in, uh, or she she swims at at the University of Michigan, where I used to train. And um, she's training partner with Maggie McNeil, and she's been on the improve the last couple of years. And she's done multiple 154s, and she could be ready to go 153 at this meet. Mm. And again, the Asians the Asian countries don't have to travel too far for the Olympics. So so Siobhan Jorge, definitely a dark horse here, definitely capable of going 153.
0: Good point. And I think, um, you know, just looking at this list here uh, and then thinking back to 2004 with the men's 200 freestyle and that sort of uh, golden time when we had Ian Thorpe, um, you know, Van den Hoogenband, Phelps, Grant Hackett, I feel like this women's 200 freestyle final is going to have that same sort of feel in terms of the big names in swimming all being there, fighting it out.
1: Yeah, that, it, it was certainly that way leading into Guangzhou two years ago and then we just had a host of withdrawals right before the event. So Emma, Taylor Ruck and, and I think Sarah Sosher and scratched the event. So mm. if everybody's on and if everybody – Competes and everybody's at their best. It's it's going to be an incredible race. So the one that we didn't really talk about is is Federica Pellegrini. She's she's been on the World Championship podium something like the last seven or eight times. She won this event back in two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's got the runs on the board. Although it was a long time ago, but head to head in Guangzhou two years ago, she did beat Ariane. Um, obviously Ariane was was uh, a little bit younger, a little bit more inexperienced and has improved a lot since. But Pellegrini is an amazing racer. If it comes down the last 25 metres, she'll nine times out of ten get her hand on the wall first if it's close with about 25 to go. I just think Ariane's going to be well and truly bolted by the 175 metre mark.
0: We'd like to hope so. Uh, Mate, the women's 200 IM... Um, That's the next women's final uh, on that Wednesday. Again, uh, a pretty big list here. Hotsu, uh, Emma McEwan, Kaylee McEwen. sorry, uh, Sydney Pickram. Uh, Who else we got down here, mate? Abby Wood, Alex Walsh from America. It's a pretty good list.
1: Yeah, a couple of um, newcomers there that that I'm not too familiar with. Um, But obviously, again, you can't go past katinka hoshu you know world record holder olympic champion you know gold medal at every world championships the last the last few um but as we spoke about before she hasn't been swimming quick the last 18 months like we've seen from her in the past and she is 32 years old so yeah. she's no spring chicken and the spring chicken's actually kaylee McEwen. um yeah. she's improving she's She's obviously an amazing well, world record holder level backstroker and her IM's not too far away as well. So she went 208, what is it, 2081 at the Australian trials. And, you know, the feeling on pool deck was like, oh, that wasn't as quick as what we were expecting. A, a lot of people were expecting 207.5, 207 low, trying to give that Australian record a bit of a shake. So, you know, can, does she have more to give? Um, can she push Katinka Can she go out with her in the first 100 metres? I I think she can. Um, I think through that flying back, they're pretty evenly matched, these two, um, where breaststroke's their weakest leg, obviously, um, and then they'll race at home in the freestyle. So I think this is going to be a a head-to-head battle between Hoshu and and Kaylee McEwen going about that 207 low time, 207 low. I, I don't think they can dip into the 206s at this competition, And then it should be a battle between those names you mentioned um, with Japan's Ohashi um, going about 208 for the bronze medal.
0: The other thing I think that's interesting to mention, mate, just touching on trials, obviously here with Kaylee, she's going to have a few relays as well added in there and a little bit of extra pressure added on. Do you think that's going to make much of a difference? Well, because
1: we're going through this day by day, you know, the medley relays... the the women's medley relays on the last day Mm -hmm. so that doesn't affect anything and i don't think they're going to use kaylee on the four by 200 free relay she didn't swim the event at trials and we had like six girls go quicker than 156 so um if it was a slow 200 free at trials they could have used kaylee because i think she's been 156 or 157 yeah but they probably won't Um, they are looking at using her in the mixed medley relay though, um, on the backstroke leg, obviously, instead of Mitch Larkin on the men's side. Just comparatively, she's she's uh she's quicker than uh, well, she's however you work it out, she's, no, I know what she's you mean. a better option than, <laughs>
0: yeah. than Mitch at the moment.
1: I'm not a mathematician, um, so mate, but that. I know
0: what you mean. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um So, uh, you know, we've seen Kaylee at at state level meets race back-to-back and race breaststroke, race 400 freestyles, 400 IMs. I think she's going to be able to handle this. It's more probably the emotional toll of the first couple of days for her if she wins, if she doesn't win, how she handles all of that and how she handles being a superstar. Um, Obviously, if she wins and breaks that world record in the 100 backstroke, that's probably going to have a bigger effect on how her rest of the week is going to go rather than an actual racing load
0: Mm. may we move on to the women's 1500 freestyle Uh, obviously here it's (laughs) it's a race between one um katie ledecky obviously uh, you know i think in the last couple of years i think uh, 1529 is is one of her faster times which is uh you know far and away above what anybody else has done i guess more of a, a Quite, you know, a conversation here is: Can our own Maddie Goff, who went 15:46 at trials, can she find a way onto the podium? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I think she's going to be battling for it. Um, she's definitely got potential to to get up there because her 14:46 in Adelaide was was mighty quick. Mm. Um, obviously, if Ledecky rocks up for this event, she's got to get through the heat. She's got a big program with those two two finals up against Ariane and, and probably a few relays before this event. But, you know, she's hands down untouchable in this, in this race. Um, you know, from, from Italy won this event at Worlds when Ledecky pulled out going around about 1440. Mm-hmm. Um, and Maddie Goff's 1446 is not too far away. So, again, it's one of these cases where if Maddie can get down to low oh, – I'm sorry, 1540s. If Maddie can get down to low 1540s, she's probably a chance at a silver or a bronze medal. You know, if she adds time, then then um, she'll be battling to make the final. But you know, there's Quatterella, there's there's the Chinese girl Wang and and the second American girl Sullivan's going to be dangerous too. So, you know, Maddie's done some training over with um with Fred Vigneau and, and Maria Belmonte over in Spain. And yeah, and Fred is definitely a high volume sort of coach, old school sort of coach, and, and Maddie's always came back to to train with Chris Nesbitt um, with a better a, a training base to come off that. So, um, you know, she's been good all year and, and again, she improves and she may find herself on the podium, which would be an awesome result for Australia.
0: Absolutely, man. I think that'd be massive for, for her. And as, as you said, for Australia with the women's distance uh, swimmers getting up there. Going to go to Thursday. I wanna, mate.
1: Yep. I just want to add on that women's 1500. It, it's the first, it's the new event of the Olympics. So they added, this and the men's 800 and, and the mixed medley relay. So what we should see is is a little bit more promotion for, for dis, women's distance swimming. You know, mm. the 800 is no longer the longest event now. And um, Chris Nesbitt at, at TSS has done a really good job. He obviously coaches Kia Melverton as well, yep. who's going to race the 800 and 1500 in Tokyo. Um, and Queensland in general really do a good job with their distance swimming. So with Chris Nesbitt moving down to Sydney after the games, I'm not sure who's going to come with him, but we should—we really should see a lot more promotion of of distance swimming in Australia and in and in New South Wales um, over the next Olympiad.
0: Absolutely, mate. Well said. And just while we're touching on that, and obviously it's a little bit different to distance. If we're adding events, mate, when should the 50s be added to an Olympic program?
1: Well, they sh- they should have been added three years ago, and I might be still swimming trying to make an <laughs> Olympic team. Um, <laughs> You know, I was over in the US at the time and it it felt like everybody was expecting them to announce the 50 fly, 50 back, and 50 breast as the new Mm -hmm. Olympic events. And, you know, I might be a little bit biased, but I I think it would have, what it would have done is it would have kept older, uh, higher profile swimmers in the sport competing for these events because they are the sprint events and they're a little bit more action packed. There's a little bit more showmanship there. So you would have seen Manadu continue swimming at a full-time level. You'd see Caesar Cielo still going, trying to be a 50 fly. You'd see Matt Target still doing the 50 fly. You'd see Cameron Vandenberg do the 50 breaststroke. I guarantee you, Cameron would still be swimming yeah. if the 50 breaststroke was an Olympic event. So it could have been a more of a draw card. I don't think the women's 15, the men's eight, and the mixed medley relay is a draw card. Um, it's a medal, it's more medals for the people who are already winning more medals, you know? Yeah. So it's going to be good for some people.
0: I agree with you. I think, you know, it's all good to add those, and I'm all about adding the the 15 for the for the women's and the 800 for the men's, but I definitely think we could have added some 50s in there for the for the fly. Back and breast, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to add too much time to the program, not that I've ever written a program out, so I'm not, I'm not making it that was... with any sort of confidence, but I'm sure we could have found a way.
1: It was something like there would be too many swimming medals on offer because you would have obviously done three men's events, three women's events. So you're looking at six gold medals, whereas adding this in, you're only adding in three gold medals. I think that was the problem. And also the meet would probably have to extend another day or two. So you're looking at like a 10 day swim meet, but I think they're all minor things. I think we should have added them in a few years ago.
0: Absolutely. Well, swimming is one of the premier events at the Olympics anyway. So I think, you know, you're only enhancing what is already a premier event anyway. So I don't see why they couldn't have done it. Anyway, let's move on, mate. Otherwise, we'll start another podcast about things that we can we solve <laughs> the world's problems, as we did before we even started clicking record. Um, <laughs> mate, we go to Thursday, uh, the 29th and the final session. Again, for everyone, the final sessions will start at uh, 11.30 a.m. our time. Um, 200 fly, women's 200 fly final. Um and now we've got Brianna Throssell mm. in and amongst there uh for the Aussies. But w- what are you seeing here? Obviously, Regan Smith, um uh flick it flicking and flickener, how did you say it again? Flickener. I'd ask Rowdy Gaines about that one a couple of years ago. It's
1: Hallie Flickener.
0: Hallie Flickener. Uh um, so the
1: G is the G is silence.
0: There you um, go. I mean that's why I brought you on board because yeah. you're the professional.
1: Yeah, it's um, you know, I say this with respect, but This is the weakest event on the women's program. This is the weakest event in the swimming world right Mm -hmm. now. There's there's only 17 women even competing in this event. So the heats are going to be an absolute joke because only one swimmer is going to miss out. If one swimmer withdraws, they might not even run heats of this event at the Olympics, which is just ludicrous. Um, You know, five years ago, Belmonte and Maddie Groves go 204 to come first and second. Two years ago, 206 won the world title. Kapish from, from Hungary won it in like 206 high. Like, you know, Susie O'Neill was going 205 21 years ago. It's, yes. it's crazy. So there are a few people who have gone 205 this year. The Chinese girl Zhang, the, you know, the American flickener who's, who's training with Bob Bowman now, obviously Michael Phelps' coach. You've got Kapish, the, the world champion, and there's a Japanese girl who's, who's proven to, be, to go pretty quick before, but, you know, it could be something where 205 high or 206 wins the Olympic gold, which is just, you know, if I was a 14 or 15-year-old girl right now, I'd be trying to aim for the 200 fly because because just people aren't putting their hand up for this one right now. Regan Smith could be interesting. She went 206.9 at the trials. She's not doing the 200 backstroke anymore. She, she can, butterfly. Can, can she drop a second and win an Olympic gold in another stroke? I don't know. But um, this one will be interesting because there's probably 10 girls in this event that are going to have the confidence that they can win, you know, because mm. nobody's dominant here. No one's got any scary times. No one's got any scary achievements. Every, everybody in this event should be thinking that they can get a medal and win, including Brown and throstle.
0: Absolutely. Mate, just on that and just going back to our own trials and um, qualifying times um, in, in, a, in order to get on the team. I'm just looking here and obviously in that top uh, 17 swimmers, um, you know, it goes out to you know, 209. Um, is it is about that, you know, from, from 11th is 207.4. We had Lizzie Deckers, great young swimmer from up in Queensland, go 207.2, obviously not in the final. She didn't get the qualifying time in the final. She went in 207.2. Do, do you think sometimes yeah. these qualifying times are a little bit harsh? Like technically she could be in, in the top 10 at the Olympics for this event. Yeah, it,
1: it sucks you know, I, I definitely feel sorry for her. Um, you know, Matt Wilson was in that position five years ago as well as, as a 17 year old. Um, you know, the only defense of, of our selection criteria is that Lizzie Deckers and her coach knew what time she needed to go, yep. what day that event was on. And it, that was within 1.2 seconds of her PB that she did in April and she wasn't able to do it. So, you know, everybody knows that the selection criteria for the Australian team and, and the U S team, it, it's, it is cut through, but everybody knows what it is walking into the meat and even 12 months prior. So, you know, Deckard she does deserve to be there. She would have been in that world's final two years ago. She would have been in this final as well, but, um, you know, I don't know what her circumstance was, but she went two hundred eight at the, at the, um, trials. Aussie trials and, yep. and didn't even get the FINA time. That's, mm. that's the weird thing. Um, this was the only event where Australia's criteria was the FINA A time and not the time at uh, the eighth place time to make the final at the World Championships because the FINA A time is quicker because the event is weak and the world record's 201, you know? Like we're looking at 206 being the world champion. The world record's 201. So it's more a fact that everybody needs to start going faster in this event. Yeah
0: absolutely mate now we we moved down and this is going to be a massive event as well as all the relays are um but the women's four by 200 meter freestyle relay
1: yeah another one that that just tips into australia's favor because you got titmus who's who's the fastest swimmer without a supersuit in history you know emma mckeon who i think is ranked number two or number three in the world right now Mm -hmm. and we just had so much depth um at our trials with with um, the, young, the young St. Peter's girls, Meg Harris and Molly O'Callaghan and, and Maddie Wilson swimming a huge personal best time and, and Leah Neal finding some form too. So, um, you know, you take Ledecky out of that American team. and Well, I think let's say five of our Aussies are probably quicker than the number two American. So, um, you know, they, are, they have won the last couple of Olympics, the US, but we did beat them at 2019 Worlds. Australia beat them at 2018 pan packs, which was the first major upset. And um, it probably comes down to, to what sort of titmus and Ladecki can can deliver. They'll probably be used first or second on on both teams to try and get to try and get some space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it'll be a battle in in the middle legs. But you know, again, if we put Emma McKeon on the fourth leg like we did in Guangzhou, she's she's just been such a good relay swimmer ever since she was a young kid. Um, we should have too much firepower for them. And the world record will go down, no doubt.
0: But I'm with you. Uh, I don't want to put too much pressure. As you heard heard me say before, I don't like all that sort of pressure and hype on people. I think they're going to do their job anyway. But, you know, if you're looking at it in terms of numbers, there's no doubt Australia are red hot favourites. I think you can't um, go against just pure um, talent. Uh, And at the moment, similar to New South Wales versus Queensland, no offence, Queensland. But I think Australia have just too much talent for the rest of the world when it comes to this event, Um, when it comes to even the the four by one as well. I think Aussies are going to win that one all the way, mate. We move on to Friday and we're going to say, I'll just go for it. I'll just
1: say by the time we get to that midpoint of the week, I think this is probably morning five, but like if, if the women win the four by one on the first day, which they should, Elijah Winnington could get up for Australia on the first day in the 400 free. Mm -hmm. Um, Titmus beats Ledecky, Kaylee McEwen wins and breaks a world record. Like huge, huge momentum for the Australian team right now. And that's going to play a massive factor during the course of the meet because there is no crowd. There is no external inspiration or motivation for these people. So si- similar to Sydney 2000 where Thorpe won two goals on the first day and the relay and Susie and everything. Yeah. Like if we win a couple of gold medals in the first two days, you know, especially the women, they're going to be very, very hard to beat in in multiple events. You know, mm. but on the on on the flip side, if if we got disqualified in the four by one and Ledecky beats Titmus and Kaylee gets beat, then then we're in absolute shambles and yeah. the media's down our neck and everybody's <laughs> crapping themselves. So it could go either way. And generally, with Australia, it does go either way. It's not mm-hmm. very neutral. Often, mm. I mean, I'd be happy with neutral or lots of gold medals, but you know, we could have five or six gold medals by halfway through the meet, which is just crazy to think.
0: Mate, well, they are harsh here in Australia. And I know obviously with the podcast, I'm a part of the media and I know you being a commentator and doing stuff that you're a part of the media, so we're a part of it. But I don't think you've ever heard me on the podcast full bagging people out for trying their best. And I think it's it's like that in Australia. Is it you're either the hero or you're a villain who let us down for, for whatever reason?
1: Yeah, the media is is pretty ruthless here, and there's there's just massive expectations on the team, which is, you know, swimming being our best Olympic sport, which which is what everyone's trying to to affect the expectation. But but again, like I said earlier, it's it's deserved. Like if if Ariane goes one fifty five and three fifty nine and gets two silvers, then then they're going to be on her, you know. Yeah. But of course, she tried her best. Of course, she did everything that she possibly could. We 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 got faith in that. But but it's a um, it's it is a, a in brackets failure or a, mm. some sort of stuff up. If five weeks prior, she went 153 and 356. Like, I don't yep. think it's going to happen like that, but there was more chance of that happening when our trials were in April. That's what I, that's, I guess what I'm coming at. So mm. now that it's close together, we should assume that the whole Australian team is in form.
0: Mate, I hope so. Um, Friday, uh, we've got the 200 breaststroke women's 200 breaststroke. Um, kicking us off there in the in the morning finals there, um, Jenna Strauch, obviously uh, Abby Harkin for the Aussies um, racing there. Um, Lily King um, hasn't had the fastest two mm. breaststroke time in a while.
1: No, she's internationally she's not great over uh, over the two hundred breaststroke. But again, a weird event where we've seen probably the the best swimmers in the world fall away from this event um the world record holder Pedersen you know has retired the the defending Olympic champ retired FM over doesn't want to swim this event anymore and didn't qualify so we're going to see new medalists basically and it's you know similar to the men's 200 breaststroke it's it's sort of a sit and sprint race for that last 50 so there's there's the South African girl shoe and maker who's who's uh proven herself the last few years at a Commonwealth and a world level um, as well as the Americans will be tough. You know, Annie Lazer, who's training partner, Lily King, they, they both went 221s at their trials. Um, Molly Renshaw has been 220 mm-hmm. point high. And Only just um, recently? Yeah, so, so the, great, the Great Britain team were in, had a really fast trials as well back in April. Um, so, so, you know, you assume that they're, that they're in some good form. And then our Aussie girls being, you know, Strauch and Harkin at 223 are, are not too far away. And if, if they can improve, if they can PV, then then they'll be in that final in the top eight. And and I think this is, there's no, again, this is one of these events where there's no established winner. There's no dominant swimmer in this event. Um, I know Sean Maker's got the fastest PB, but she hasn't proven, she hasn't won at a world or an Olympic level. Mm-hmm. So, you know, five years ago in the men's 200 breaststroke dimitri beland won out of lane eight and just surprised everybody and this is one of these events where you know all eight competitors uh, have potential to be on that podium but um you know I, I think annie laser from the us um she looked really good at their trials she's got a really strong back end she's a 105 100 meter breaststroker so she's got enough speed and um she's training partner with lily king so yeah. Um, you know, they're definitely pushing each other and, and getting the work in, so I think she's the person to beat in this event,
0: mate. The probably the biggest race of this day, um, is going to be the women's 100 meter freestyle final again. You know, it's a who's who. Um, Kate Campbell, Emma McKeon, Sarah Showstrom, Penny Alexiak, um, Ranomi, if she gets in there as well. I mean, she posted a pretty, you know, 53. Uh, one as well this year. It, it's going to be a pretty quick race.
1: Yeah, it's going to be quick. Um, you know, all of those names that that you mentioned, but the big thing, obviously, we don't know what sort of form and recovery Sostrom is in after breaking her elbow a couple of months ago. And and the major one being Simone Manuel, um, who tied for gold with Penny Oleksiak five years ago, didn't qualify for this event mm-hmm. um, to race at the Olympics. So that, that's a massive one because... Manuel's won the last two worlds, uh, world titles. Um, I think over in Guangzhou, she won it out of lane one and crept up on, on Kate and Sarah and, and beat them in this event. So, you know, this one's open and Kate's definitely got the, the swimming ability. She she hasn't won this internationally since, I think, 2013 Worlds. Um, and there's a lot of girls at 52 high, 53. But Kate and Emma are just doing their 52 lows so consistently you know in season morning night it doesn't matter indoor pool outdoor pool they're just they're used to being side by side i think they can be in lane four and five in the final you know there's no crowd it'll it'll just be like a brisbane domestic meet and if they go there, 52 lows i think they get first and second um but the one you mentioned you know penny Alexiak. um tell me a little bit about penny what are your thoughts
0: well, I mean, I, look, as I said, um, you know, obviously just in general knowledge of swimming, I knew about Penny Alexiak, but I spent that hour or so with her and um, just going through her career and talking about what was coming up and and just training through the pandemic. You could just tell there was just a, a little bit of a spark about her. Um, I, I got a similar vibe when I spoke to Chad LaClobe, by the way, um, that, that <laughs> there was just a, well, not that Chad's not like that anyway, but just, that, you know, that there's, there's definitely a, a fighter in there, and there's someone who who has a point to prove. I think that you know it wasn't a fluke before, and um, she's she's definitely made a few little um, you know com- not comments, but just sort of posts on on social media, just saying you know don't don't wake the dragon, basically. So I, I just think she's going to be thereabouts. Whether she's fast enough yeah. to go with the girls, I agree with you. I think Kate Campbell, Emma McKeon, I actually really like Kate Campbell's trials. I think, I think she was looking really, really good. I know Emma came out looking like she was shining. I think Kate's got a little bit more improvement in her coming into the games. Um, and yeah. I think, again, you know, just going to points to prove. I think Kate has a point to prove, yes, she's going to fly the flag for Australia at the, um, at the opening ceremony. Yes, she's a four-time Olympian. But, again, there's that little thing of, as you said, you know, when it comes down to the big events and the big races, she hasn't quite done it for, for, a, little, for a little bit now. 2013, did you say? Mm. I think she's got a point. She's not going to say it. She's very clever in terms of the media and what she says to people. And uh, there's definitely an internal drive there. Uh, look, Emma, Kate, touch Australia win. I don't care, to be honest. <laughs> but I just think watch out for Kate. I, I wouldn't sell her short. I know Emma came out shiny after the trials. I think Emma's flying. I don't know.
1: It's funny we talk about Kate on the improve and with a point to prove and with momentum on her side. Like she's 29 at her fourth Olympics and she's mm-hmm. the flag bearer. And, and we're talking about her PBing and winning the Olympic gold medal. Like it's it's crazy, crazy sort of longevity. And, and I agree with you. It'd be a, an amazing cap to her career whether she ends it or not but just an amazing you know full stop at the end of her career to win yeah. you know while she's a flag bearer and and all this sort of stuff um you know I just think Emma's seems to have figured out a way to beat Kate mm-hmm. because Emma's got this newfound 50 meter speed so she can go out quite relaxed and just really back end it um and she's beaten her the last two times head to head which she's never done in the last 10 years so Emma's got momentum and like you said, a shining light on, on her side. And and with Penny, I, I I don't know a whole lot about her, but she's she's a big, tall, six foot two sort of girl. Yep. Her brother plays professional you know, hockey in the NHL. Hockey, yep. Like she's not to be messed with, you know, she won the, the 100 freestyle, the Olympics at 16. Like she's capable of absolutely anything if she's got that twinkle in your eye, in her eye, like you said. So, um, you know, she's, she cannot be discounted here, but, but the Aussies together look very formidable.
0: And I know obviously, you know, two Aussies chatting about the Aussies, it can come across if you're listening to the podcast, especially from overseas. We have a lot of overseas listeners. can come across as, oh, of course you're going to go for the girls. Have a look at the times. Have a look at how fast they swam. Have a look at how fast the other girls have swam. If anybody beats uh, Emma McKean especially, they're going to have to do something very, very special for sure. Um Mate, we're going to move on now uh, to the Saturday morning. We're nearly there, I promise everybody. We're nearly wrapped up on the, on the female side of things in terms of events. We've got the women's 200-meter backstroke. Um, obviously, MC Bomb's in there. Kayla McEwen's coming in as the fastest qualifier uh, from this year in terms of the 204-28. She went at trials. Um, I know that the Americans didn't go too bad as well. How do you see this one going in the women's 200-metre backstroke, mate?
1: Well, Kaylee, you know, 204.2 was, was quick at the trials. Again, it was whoops, one of those climatic swims where after breaking the world record in the 100, everybody thought she might be able to get the double world record in the 200 backstroke as well. Um, you know, she's done just consistent and multiple 204s in season, again, under every, every sort of racing uh, environment in 2021 and the major thing again, Regan Smith didn't qualify for this event. She's the world record holder. She smashed the world record in Guangzhou, two hundred 2033, dominated that race. Um, Kaylee actually got second to her in that race two years ago, but she won't be there. So Kaylee goes 204. She wins by a second comfortably. There's mm-hmm. no one else in that field. I don't think that can go 204. There's a lot of girls that'll go 205, 206. Um, Kylie Mass, the second American. Seabom's not far away from a podium again, but, um, you know, Kaylee McEwen does her job. She wins this one comfortably.
0: Mate, again, just talking about longevity, Emily Seabomb, we, we gave her a shout-out before. Mate, getting a getting a medal on your fourth Olympics, it'll be a pretty big moment for Em.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and, again, like, you know, she's won multiple medals on, on relays and, you know, got silver in the 100 in, in London what's that nine years ago now and it's you know to have I think for these guys at their third and fourth olympics or if they're looking at this as their last olympics to finish on a high and to finish successfully and, and proudly would be a huge motivation and actually like the huge sort of um you know pressure reliever going in I think knowing that well whatever I achieve here is is a really good bonus and and again some big performances from these guys are, potentially at their last Olympics really cements their, their legacy.
0: Absolutely, mate. Um, now we're running out of time here because I'm conscious that we're going to go through the boys soon as well. Um, the women's 800-meter freestyle, we know Katie Ledecky at her best, shut the gates, give it away, don't even bother diving in. She's going to get a gold medal, at her best, that is. What are we looking at here? Ariane, is she going to challenge her in the 800? Um, you know, Quaterella. Um, mm. obviously Kia Melverton um, you know what are we looking at here in the women's eight I
1: read I read something the other day that like Ledecky hasn't broken 810 you know since 2017 or something like that so obviously she's been 804 yep. five years ago but let's say she's she's an 810 811 then there's a lot of girls that can go sort of 815 ish you know you put in Quadarella and, and Titmus in there so it just, we'll know a lot more about Ledecky by the time we get to this point, but it just depends on how fit she is and what sort of shape she's in as to how much she wins this event by potentially. But in saying that, in, when we talk about momentum, if if Titmus by this point's won the 400, won the 200, won the 4x200, probably all in world record time, beating Ledecki in every single event, you got Boxel on your shoulder. Like, like they're going into this event titmus and the aussie team would be going into this event thinking we're going to take down the, the queen in, in her own in her own event this is the event Ledecki stamped herself you know announced herself internationally nine years ago in london winning it as a 15 year old so if titmus has had a good week leading in i would expect her to push her for for 500 600 700 meters I, i'm not sure if she can beat her i'm not sure if titmus could go sub eight ten. Yep. Um but but it could be a good race if if uh, if Australia and Titmus has had a good week.
0: Mate, we'll leave the mixed relay for for the men's chat that we get to in a moment. We get to uh, the Sunday. I'm also not going to touch on the ten kilometres, by the way, because I'm going to talk to to Kai Hurst uh, at some point later next week as well. And we're going to talk about some. Speak to Morris someone better about that one. <laughs> <laughs> speak, speak to, to, the to the someone better, King better. I just I mean, he's been there, he's done it. Um, women's 50-meter freestyle, mate, on the Sunday. Again, you know, it's a who's who. Um, basically, have a mm. look at your your women's 100 and you're almost copy and pasting. But also, I think Simone mm-hmm. Manuel's uh, in the 50 as well.
1: Yeah, Simone Manuel is in this one. So I, I expect to to probably have had a better five weeks training since the trials. And, you know, she went 24-2 at the trials, you know, with, with a whole lot of pressure on her. So... There's a lot of girls that can go 23 high here. Um, Simone's going to be difficult to beat. Um, Sarah Sostrom, I think, you know, her coming off that injury, this is probably the best event suited to her. And, and she went 24 2 last month. So you add another sort of six or seven weeks to, to Sarah's training and, and a taper that she could be extremely dangerous. She is the world record holder. Um, of Kate and Emma, again, Renomi Cromer with JoJo, you know, Olympic champ in this before.
0: About and bloom? um
1: panilla bloom like you know surprisingly beat everybody five years ago to, to be an olympic champion so what do you got you probably got like when you throw kate emerson you got like six olympic gold medalists in it's this gonna event be a massive like it's, race. <laughs> it's crazy but you know these 50s especially on this women's side any anybody's game and depends on we'll know a lot more by the last day in terms of momentum and pressure and medals and this and that but um um I, I don't know you could make an argument for everybody here
0: Man, they're excellent. all capable yeah well to sit on the fence there i appreciate that thanks oh, for okay that. Um, all
1: right wait, wait, <laughs> let me give you
0: let me give you one
1: wait i wrote down my tips before let me try and find them uh and i promise I people
0: we will get our tips out on uh social media so everyone can see but you know time consuming it is
1: i'm going to go with a bit of an upset i'm going to go chroma with jojo and amy yeah into campbell and manual there you go. I'm going to go Renomi to, to, to have a big one.
0: Well, she's a champion. There's no doubt about that. Um, mate, we're going to finish with, and again, I, the more I talk about this with you, the, the more excited I'm getting for next week. Um, <laughs> it's the only good thing about lockdown is that I know I can dedicate a whole week to just getting psyched and pumped around the Olympics and just sitting in my pajamas and watching it. Oh, professional um, development. It'll be eight it hours is a day. Of always TV. professional development, mate. Don't you worry about that. All those when we go and have a beer at the pub with the coaches, that's professional development. Don't you worry about that. Um, <laughs> the four by one, I am relay. Again, if you're looking at um, in terms of you know the leading races in each event for the females, it really looks like it's Australia versus America. Yeah,
1: it is, and you know. Normally, it's America just winning. So it's good that we're able to challenge them right now. Canada are are pretty good across all four legs, but just that little bit of they're just not quite at the upper echelon individually in those legs. But, you know, you look at the teams, it's probably going to be Regan Smith versus Kaylee McEwen. A couple of attempts towards Kaylee's way. Lily King and Chelsea Hodges, well, that's where you're looking at 1.2 to 1.5 seconds. Yep. So potentially... The Americans are one second ahead. Ahead there, you know they go into the fly. You've got McKeon and Husk. They're very both fifty-five highs. Let's let's just cancel that out. You're probably going into. I think they'll use Simone Manuel on this anchor, even though she she came ninth at the US trials. Depending on how she's going with with Kate, who's who's a renowned relay swimmer, you're going to give Simone one second head start, or whoever the American girl is, is probably going to have a one second head start on Kate. Um, so it's going to be difficult for Kate, but we've seen her. We've seen her do this before and, and come over the top of these on these anchor legs and win. But you know, I, I think the Lily King factor is is and 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 how good America's record is at stepping up for relays, this medley relay on the last day. I'm going to go with the US. But again, if Australia's had an absolutely amazing week, then I wouldn't put it past them to to win and, and Kate to have a huge anchor leg and, and be the hero.
0: Mate, yeah, as you said, it's gonna it's gonna be a nail biter. I think um, just looking at things realistically, we can't always assume that Aussies are gonna be on the winning side of that. You know, fingernail touch. Uh, this could be one that just gets us. Uh, but I, I think either way, as you said, it, it's gonna be an exciting race, and it sort of is. You know, better than just watching. You know, as you said, um, Katie Ledecky doing a fifteen hundred, where you know who's gonna win off the off the block. We can't
1: tip Australia and everything. <laughs>
0: wow, I'd like to, I'd like, so, I mean, you can't go into a state of origin and say Queensland. That's how I think of it. I, I have to still say the Aussies, but I, yeah. I agree with you. I, I do think this is one that maybe, maybe the Americans get, but as you, you know, to your point, this is the last event of the, of the week. There's no doubt that um, the Aussie coaches and your Dean Boxels are going to be playing into that mindset of, well, well, the Americans, you know, they're obviously their favorites here and playing the underdog card. Hopefully we've had a good week. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, yeah.
1: again, they, these, these back end of the week races when everyone's already shown their form and showed their cards sort of gives everyone a better indication of how it's going. But right now on paper, you give it to the US, but, yeah. but you wouldn't discount Australia and, and um, we'll see how we go.
0: Not at all. Now, mate, I think we'll wrap the women's uh, side of things up there. Uh, not only that, I'm busting to go to the toilet just for everyone <laughs> at home listening. Um, so we'll, we'll give that one a break. Uh, For everyone listening, obviously, this is the wrap-up of the women's event. Uh, Join us tomorrow. We are going to be previewing all the uh, men's events action that you'll be looking forward to at Tokyo um, in just a few days' time. Bobby, thank you very much for joining me, mate, and uh, we'll talk again soon for the men's.
1: Thank you. Chat soon.